Hello, we had the fantastic opportunity to speak to Alex Camuno. Alex is a very successful investor, a civil engineer, and a property owner. He raised $315,000 worth of capital, and he hosts a magnificent podcast called The Money Monopolizers Podcast. He's very generous with his time as well as his knowledge. Enjoy our conversation. this longitude this coordinate and go dig six feet under the ground um, put your shovel three paces to the left and there's going to be a, a, a pile of gold right there 99 percent of people still won't go do it because it's too much work mm, so yeah i know it's like i can give out so much value and i know people prob- most people probably won't take action because i the, the, the knowledge is one thing but taking action is even the harder thing mm-hmm. um and so that's why i don't mind i don't care about giving out the knowledge just because i you know it's just so much out there and I know you know there's me giving is not going to take from anything for me so that's kind of you know my thought process with that and then I don't I think you asked something else in regards to the um the whole thing of me like oh structuring the page and stuff so to me is I I I want to give as much now because I do have a course but Mm -hmm. I don't really promote my course like that Mm -hmm. um I want to give as much value as possible for free because I know, you know, that like I said, is going to come back to me somehow, some way on the back end. So my pay to me, I want it to be very valuable. People can gain a lot of value from it. And if you want more, because there's only so much I can give you in these videos, right? But if you want more, then, you know, I do have the course that's very inexpensive, mm-hmm. you know, less than $200. So it's like, you know, something that it's pretty much... You know, my whole thing with courses, because I'm big on courses, taking online courses, right? Because yeah. I know there's information that people have that if I can get, it's going to save me hundreds of thousands or, or thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in possible mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I don't, I, I've, I take, I always try to say I'm going to spend $5,000 a year just in courses mm-hmm. um, and, and continue to improve and learn more. Because I know how important, you know, being able to sharpen your mind is. So, to me, but I, 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 I want to, the information I have and I give is, you know, some of the same information, of course, but it's a lot more detail. And it, 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 it's, it's very, um, I, I give it in my perspective because I know everybody, you know, you can relate to someone. And the reason you, someone might choose to take my course or listen to me is because they can relate to me more than they can relate to someone else. Someone else, yeah. Um, and so I always just try to be authentic and, you know, just be my normal self and you know if people want to buy the course that's fine if they don't that's fine either way i don't i don't necessarily care if people buy the course <laughs> I'm, I'm still gonna make money either way yeah uh, that's just like a, a added thing for you know to be because i was getting so many of the same questions i said look i might as well monetize this yeah and uh you know make some money off of this as well just because i can't sit here and you know do one-on-one sessions with everybody mm-hmm. so but yeah that's kind of you know my approach with you know the whole page I, it, it's just about to give i wanted to give as much value as possible 
Yeah, I know right. you definitely do. So I'm just wondering, you said something very interesting earlier. It's just that, uh, you know, you're giving out all this knowledge and people are not taking action. So f- just reflecting back on your personal experience as well as the experience of those individuals that are not taking action. So what what do you think the link is that would actually in- encourage people to not only ingest what you're saying in terms of your advice and the practical and applicable steps that you're giving them, but also sort of that mentality of, you know, being hungry, for lack of a better word, or just being um, self-motivating in terms of pushing yourself forward. Is Have you seen, for example, within your circle, somebody that has either, you know, been a student of yours or someone that you've just been introduced to that initially they were very, very hesitant to take that first step. But after they actually maybe got the knowledge or some kind of encouragement, they're able to make that first step and that actually made a a huge difference in their lives. Yeah, I think, you know, that is like the million dollar question. What, what can people, what, how do people, you know, begin to bridge that gap between the knowledge and the taking action? Exactly. you know, to me, I think number one, if if people have to understand if knowledge was the answer, then you know everybody would be walking around with six pack abs and a million dollars, <laughs> right? Because we all know, you know, you're supposed to eat a certain way. You know, you're supposed to, you know, be in the gym or you know work out, whatever. You know, you know this. You might or may not know that. Hey, this is how you, you know, build wealth. If you have the knowledge, that's fine. But it's never it 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 does you know applied knowledge is the thing knowledge by itself means nothing you have to be able to apply so for me i think you know the biggest thing that separates a lot of those people that actually do apply it and those people that don't apply it is number one believing that they can actually you know do it and do it you know at any levels like a lot of people don't believe in themselves to the point of like they don't think that it's for them like they might see me doing something right and they might say oh well, yeah, I mean, just look at his page. Like, this dude, you know, he's he went to school, he's an engineer, he did all this other stuff. It's like, oh, so of course he could do that. I And then they just think back on their own lives and kind of like some of their own, you know, failures that they have in their mind. And they think, okay, well, yeah, of course he can do that. That's not for me. So to, to me, the biggest thing is people, I found is that they want to see people that they can relate to mm-hmm. um, whenever they, um, or for them to take action on something if they can see you know someone that is doing something and they look like them or they are you know come from a similar background then that's the biggest thing that i think has you know made the difference for a lot of people seeing someone they can relate to now that's externally there's still the internal factor of like how do you you know actually you know self-motivate yourself like you like you said and to me it's like look you got to know to me what motivates me is knowing you know, what I'm working towards. I know the end goal, right? Mm-hmm. I know, I have it so planned out. I can literally envision it. I see it every morning when I wake up. I see it every morning, every night when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. In my head, exactly what my life is going to look like in five, ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think every single day I know, okay, if I do this, this, and this, I'm getting closer to that. So I think to me that's the biggest thing for a lot of people is that they don't have that end goal in their head they don't they're just kind of going through life and letting life take them you know whichever kind of way instead of having that vision having that end goal having it very 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 clear Mm -hmm. like you know we talk about that a lot in terms of goal setting we had a whole episode we did on our podcast about how to set effective goals and that's one of the biggest things is like having a five-year vision to know 
this is what I want my life to look like. And this is, you know, working backwards from that. This is what I need to do to get to that point. Because your brain can't necessarily connect what you want to be or what you need to do. Uh, like for me, I said one of my goals was to have uh, a, a 50 unit apartment complex. And for that, I know I need a million dollars probably in the bank to put down for that apartment complex. So I, my, but my brain can't, it doesn't, it has no experience to know how do I get a million dollars. But my brain does know how I can, you know, flip a house. My yes. brain does know how I can, um, you know, um, house hack to not pay rent. So mm-hmm. those kind of things is are, are, are the things that, you know, become the smaller intermediate steps into that larger goal. Mm-hmm. So it's just really breaking it down into the smallest possible steps um, to be able to get into that that larger uh, ultimate life vi- or five-year, ten-year vision for your life. I hope that answers that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's fantastic. And you, you spoke about something and it kind of sparked another thought. Because you said that you have a very clear goal in terms of what you're working towards, which I, I think is extremely important uh, just to reinforce that. So you're internalizing everything, you know, that vision and the action. So nothing comes up that is ex- external to that. Everything that you're doing is sort of moving forward towards that goal. Uh, the question that sort of came up in my mind was having that strong vision, of course, is extremely important. So my question is, how do you have that strong vision, but at the same time, enjoy the journey, right? Because I think a lot of people, they focus maybe too much on the vision and all those intermediate steps, as you said before, they become drudgery because they're not focused on, okay, yeah, I got a 1% better than I was yesterday. They're focused on, I'm now like a thousand steps away from my goal. So how do you bridge that gap? Because it sounds to me that, you know, you do have that ultimate goal, but at the same time, I get the sense that you're enjoying the journey as you're making steps towards that ultimate goal. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we were just talking about that last week with one of my group of friends. And, you know, to me, people got to understand, I think, to me, I always tried, one of my favorite, like, one of my inspirations was Kobe Bryant. That yes. was probably my favorite person, mm-hmm. you know, aside from family, of like, ever yeah and yeah. he was like my motivation in everything i did growing mm-hmm. up and even now it's like that my mamba mentality and yeah. one thing that he always talked about was enjoying the journey yes. because yeah. the journey is actually the beautiful part of the, the whole thing it's not the destination mm-hmm. because the destination is gonna be there and then it's you know you're there and then that's it but you know the journey is something that you're going to remember for a very long time and to me you know i think I always want to, it's, it, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't think about the vision so much to where sometimes I forget, like, look, man, you, <laughs> you, the things that you got going on right now is amazing. Yeah. Like, some people will kill to have what you got going on right now. So, but, you know, that's just human nature. Yeah. But one thing I always, you know, just try to do is remember, like, look, <laughs> your life is really good right now in terms of everything you've already done so far. And then also always remembering, like, look, it's still very early. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just not getting started, especially when you know something. You know something goes because the thing is, we it's hard to enjoy the journey whenever you know it's not going the way we want. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, yes. But it's really like in those times where it's like, okay, am I further along than where I was yesterday? What about last year? Mm-hmm. If you're not further along, then okay, then there's some things we got to work on. But if yeah. you are further along than where you were yesterday or last year, man, that is such a you know, blessing in, in, in that alone. It's like, just sit back and look how much ground you've covered, right? Um, because one thing I always say is like, man, I've 
because one of my goals is to have like, and I'll just say it's like fifty thousand dollars a month in cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like one of my that's like one of my I guess you can say ultimate goals in terms of like you know by the time I'm twenty eight years old, mm-hmm. and so I. I I can always sit here and say, it's like, man, I'm not even a fraction of the way there yet. But it's like, man, look how far you've come already. I mean, you've, you, you've got, you know, your business is doing this. Mm-hmm. You've done this. You had this many properties, you know, all these things going for you. So it, it's just to know it's like you're on track. Um, just that's the big that's the biggest thing. I think knowing that you've made progress is always going to be the thing that should keep people grounded mm-hmm. in enjoying the journey to know that you're making progress every single day. Um, so that's the that's the biggest thing, man. It's hard to look at it that way if things aren't always going right, but that yeah. is the way you gotta look at it. Yeah, I totally agree, and it's something. It reminded me of something that um, you know Tony Robbins has said as well is that you know people what they appreciate more than anything else is progress, and that actually will feed you even if, for example, as you said earlier, that things may not be going your way, but if you're able to recognize that you know I'm a step closer rather than a step. A, you know, further away from my goal, then you can build on that. And just speaking yeah. about some of your accomplishments, so I mean, yeah, definitely you, you're, you know, you're doing your thing. Um, so I read that you know you've been able to raise three hundred fifty thousand dollars in seven months, and I just thought that was amazing. Uh, not in terms of just the accomplishment of doing it, but just in terms of the mentality that you could do it. And uh, you know, we touched on this earlier, and I think mentality is such a key aspect to success and so i just wanted to ask you you know how did you go about doing that and then you know just in terms of you know breaking through because obviously you have a goal cam when it's was 315 your number or did you exceed your expectations so honestly that's a good question i i never even expected to I, well, I was saying this. I expected to, but I didn't intentionally go about doing it actually in the beginning because mm-hmm. what happens was, and this is this is why I say the, the journey is so beautiful. Yes. Because you, so oftentimes there's going to be things that happen. It's kind of like, you know, you just got to go with the flow and, and kind of adjust to things that happen. So when we started the podcast two years ago, mm-hmm. what we were what we were doing essentially was really building our brand, right? Yes. In terms, before we knew it, we were pretty much occupying people's mind share as look these are the money guys these are the real estate guys these are the people that you know do this so that's what we get associated as right Mm -hmm. it's like if you if you go to you know uh if i ask you to go in the store and pick up some uh you know some toothpaste you're gonna either pick up crest or you're gonna pick up colgate because that's the brand that has occupied your mind so in the same way it's like when people see me, I want them to associate me with real estate mm-hmm. um, and nothing else. Okay. <laughs> like if my name is mentioned anywhere in the world, yeah. I need real estate or business right or next s- to it. You know, something like that to be associated next to it. Okay. Um, and so what happened was, you know, there was a there was a, a a person I had met when I was actually going to move to Dallas a couple years ago. I didn't end up moving, but there was a person I met. And um, I told her about the podcast. I said, yeah, I just started this podcast. Just check it out. Mm-hmm. She listened to it, and she was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And she listened to, like, you know, 30, 40 episodes of wow. it. Wow. Okay. And she was like, hey, I would, you know, like to, you know, lend you some money so you can, um, you know, get into or, uh, you know, buy properties and pretty much give me a return. She's an investor. She wants to get better returns on her money. Mm-hmm. So I never even really talked to her except that one time. And she messaged me and said, I would love to lend you money. 
<laughs> and you know, for a lot of people, it's like, huh? Some why would they want to lend you money? Like I said, the when people when people are investors themselves, they know. Look, I'm I'm not getting a good return on my bank account. <laughs> I know I need to put my money to work. I know, you know, my 401k, you know, it might not be doing enough. So they know they need to diversify their money and they need to get returns in different ways. And they know if for them, if, they, if there's someone they trust, they would lend them money so that they can invest that money and get them a return. And so she, that's what she did. She said, hey, I want to lend you some money. So let me know if you ever have a deal. And so now I said, cool. So I found a deal, you know, last summer and it was... You know, a house. I said, "Hey, I found this deal. Would you be interested?" And I kind of showed her the number, showed her the deal, and she said, "Yeah, I would love to lend on." She lent me one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars to buy this property and fix it up. And I was at that point, I was like, "That's when I knew I was like, oh my god, this is a cheat code." Wow. Yes. Is this is ridiculous? Because essentially, what happens is, you know, she lends me the money to buy this property. I fix it up. I sell the property for, I ended up selling that property for 175000 165 or $175,000. So we made about $52,000 on that property, paid her her money back, and she made about $1,000 a month in interest. Nice. And, you know, she paid her money back, and she was ready to lend it out immediately, again, as soon as I paid it back. So I was like, she's lending me the same money over and over and over, and I'm taking the same money and going to buy different houses with the same money. <laughs> and so that's when I knew I was like, oh my God, this is actually a literal cheat code to wealth mm-hmm. because you are using the same money over and over and you can literally increase your net worth time and time again. You can literally continue to, you know, flip houses or buy rental properties, whatever you want to do over and over with the same money. So it's like, imagine if, you know, you, you, you were, it's like literally printing money, essentially. Yeah, you pay the interest, but that is negligible in terms of what you're going to make. So that's kind of you know how I got started because at that point, once I realized that was possible and that was people that actually wanted to do that, then I made it intentional to find more of those people. So like I said, I started telling more people, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is why this is what I'm into. You know, I'm looking for people that are interested in investing. There's going to be people. People, you'll be surprised how many people that you personally know. That might have you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars that they want. It doesn't have to be hundred thousand like the lady she lent me originally. Most of the time, most people lend me thirty to forty thousand now. Wow. Um, and so now you know I combine that with hard money. So I'll go to hard money lender and I'll say, hey, I have a deal here. I'm going to use a private money lender to fund it, um, and I want you to lend me uh, the rest. So they might lend me seventy. 80, they might lend 85% of what I need and I'll use I'll bring the other 15% from someone that might want a private lend mm-hmm. and I buy deals and properties with none of my own money literally I can go buy rental properties increase my net worth over and over and never use a dollar of my own money um, and so that's kind of what I'm doing right now but I'm buying uh, we're flipping houses because the goal is to really I want to buy apartment complexes like I said mm-hmm. and so I want. I, I know I need cash for that down payment. So that's how, you know, that came about. It really was, like I said, that's why the journey is so beautiful. Because you look back on it and be like, wow. Imagine, you know, if I hadn't, you know, told this person about the podcast. Or imagine if I hadn't, you know, told this person what I do. And it's not even say, oh, you got to have a podcast. It's just about advertising. Everybody has Instagram. Everybody has social media. Advertise what you do. Tell yeah. people what you do. Tell people what you're into. People will begin to associate you with that. That's what, if you want people to take you serious for something, 
that's what you need to be portraying and putting out there, not nonsense. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that's what people is gonna you know associate you for. So I'm not ever gonna even post anything on my page that's not real estate or business. <laughs> nice, yeah. That's a that's such a powerful point. Is just to be super intentional in what you're putting out there, and uh, I really appreciate yeah. what you said just in terms of the chances right of uh, you know the probability of you meeting that particular individual and i think it also speaks to sort of living in the present moment as well because if you are so focused on that end goal of you know getting those properties and getting whatever else you may not have had that same type of conversation with that individual about oh you know i'm kind of you know doing this thing check it out if you you know you like it and then for them actually check it out but i think also what's crucial too and you mentioned this as well is the follow-up right so you are intentional you are putting these things out there but you're also following up uh, with those people that you think could be very helpful in terms of furthering your own goals. So I'm yeah. curious to find out like, how big of a role does that follow-up piece have in terms of you achieving the things that you've achieved? Yeah, so so when you say follow-up, are you, are you talking about like in terms of like following up with the people that I talked to initially, just in, 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 in general, anybody, or follow-up in a specific avenue? Yeah, so follow up in terms of the people, for example, if you have a an opportunity, right? So it could be anything from, you know, getting contacted by a wholesaler or it could be anything from, you know, oh, yeah, I could be interested in your podcast or something to that effect. So something that, you know, there's something that comes to you in terms of it could be an opportunity and in, instead of you ignoring it, you actually step yeah. towards it. Yeah, definitely. I think I got you. So to me. You know, one thing I always, and one thing I've realized over, you know, especially being in business, even outside of real estate, because I have a couple other businesses, and one thing is, like, people never take action most of the time on the first interaction. Yeah. Um, it takes at least three to five times of someone seeing you before they can, like, trust you in their yeah. sense. It's not trust in the sense of, like, trust, trust, but in the sense of, like, oh, yeah, I'll buy from this person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the philosophy of, best known beats best mm-hmm. um that's why you know you can you can go and you know go into the grocery store and you can see five to ten different brands for the same item right you might see the ten different breads but the reason that they can all compete is because there's different people that like each different one or people that are trust each one i guess you can say quote unquote trust each one more than or trust one more than the other so that's just based on the fact that you know if people become familiar with you people see you enough then they're going to begin to quote unquote trust you so the follow-up is very important in that regard even if they don't ever buy from you immediately or even on the second or third or fourth time eventually they will Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, you know, you're going to be able to capitalize on that opportunity. So, you know, there's gold in the follow-up. There's so much gold. It's actually, the follow-up is more important than the initial, you know, outreach in mm-hmm. most cases. So, you know, in terms of opportunities, it's it's very important to always, and I have to be better about this too, in, in terms of just, you know, making sure, you know, if you talk to someone, you meet somebody that I, I'm always trying to connect with them at some point later because you never know who to who like you most of the time nothing is going to come out of any first time interaction like when i met that lady um in, in, in dallas um to 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 lend that money i didn't i didn't expect her to lend me money i didn't i was just meeting her and just meeting her but i you know told her hey check out the podcast and i connected with her again a few weeks later mm-hmm. um and then after she had just checked out the podcast then 
that's how that opportunity came about. But the thing is, and this is a gem about having podcasts. So yeah. you know, you I'm sure you're you know this, but the thing about podcasts is that people get to you know that familiar familiarity I talked about. People get to become familiar with you without you ever having to talk to them. That's right. <laughs> so right. you know. Uh, people, there's people that, you know, know me all over the country or even, you know, in some sense globally too, just based on the international listeners that we have on our podcast, but I've never even talked to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why now once you have, you, you're now associated with that item with those people, they will reach out to you because they already feel connection. They already feel established to you when I haven't even ever talked to them yet. Mm-hmm. And when they reach out to me now, I can decide, Hey, if it's someone I want to uh, partner with or do business with so that's why it's, it's very important to just even putting stuff out on instagram and telling people what you know it's very important because you don't you don't realize especially on instagram how much people form better relationships with people on instagram than in real life just mm-hmm. because they see them so many times yeah. that they become you know there's people on instagram people know better than you know that you know more about them than you might know about some of your friends or family <laughs> um and so that's it's very important, man. In this day and age, that's why I always try to tell people: it's like you gotta utilize every tool possible. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's amazing. So you know, your podcast too. I, I was reading that it's at the top one point eight or one point five percent for global podcasts, which is amazing. So congrats on that. First of all, that's fantastic. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, my question though is, how did you get it to that point? So is it just? being very specific in terms of obviously you know you do real estate and you talk about investing and things like that but outside of that how did you how were you able to build up your listening base up to that point so the thing about podcasts is that i realize that you gotta really be consistent with a podcast before people take you serious yeah um because a lot of times people will start a podcast but you know three to five episodes in most people have quit yeah, uh, right. because you realize how much work it is number one and then number two you realize people aren't tuning in as much as you would like mm-hmm. which initially in those first few episodes of podcasts the people that are going to tune in are going to be like your immediate friends and family and that kind of stuff because it's something that's new to them but after yeah. a while they're going to stop tuning in too yeah. and you got to now start reaching other people like it's, I kind of think of it like in in in, in in, net, in in like levels of a pyramid, right? You have your <laughs> primary level, which is like friends and family. You got your secondary level, which is like the friends and family of the, your friends and family. And then you got your tertiary level, which is like the people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like random people everywhere. Um, and those people are the people you got to reach, obviously, if you want to grow or scale anything. If that's a business, if that's a podcast, whatever that is, those are people you got to reach. And in order to reach those people, you have to, number one, stay consistent because those people don't know you. So yes. they're not going to take you serious if you're not even posting anything consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not putting an episode out on a consistent schedule, it doesn't mean it has to be every week or every day or whatever. It's just a consistent schedule that they can know and predict. Mm-hmm. Then that's whenever those people will be able to say, okay, I can. Because nobody wants to listen to a podcast, enjoy it, and then, you know, hope for, oh, I can't wait for the next one. And then they don't put out an episode. Even if you only got five people, you got to honor those five people <laughs> listening to your podcast. Yeah, and so... That is was the biggest thing, staying consistent. Which you know, in the beginning, it was it was hard to stay consistent, especially you know, whenever we didn't have, we weren't big enough to get guests. But that's just what you got to do. It's like the growing pains, and then mm-hmm. it kind of like grows on its own. The biggest thing that happened too is just posting content on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and then directing people to that to the podcast. Because you know, if you're not advertising it, nobody's gonna see it. Yeah. So 
that was the biggest thing. It's just posting stuff consistently, driving traffic to Instagram, and then that alone, putting out you know clips of the podcast. That is what grows the podcast. So um, it's a very very you know it takes a long time. I mean, we've been doing it. This will be at the end of this month. It'll be two years in the, doing the podcast. So nice. you know, it, it's just you know a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of work. Which it's not for everybody, but I highly suggest if you you know anyone thinking about getting a podcast, get a podcast. Even if you don't want to grow it, it's just so people can associate you with something, and you can occupy people's mind share as something, and then you can use that to your advantage. Whether you want to monetize anything or whatever the case may be you know you can use that to your advantage but because people associate you can control the narrative around your brand pretty much exactly yeah, i think it's very very crucial and you also start to build up a very interesting network of individuals that you know as well uh and yeah. your point is very well taken just in terms of consistency and you know interviewing people and, and also in the beginning yes it is when you're seeing those numbers you're like oh my yeah this is uh it's very disheartening <laughs> but you keep plodding along and then all of a sudden now you're in a position uh, where you can actually reach out and help people I think also what's really crucial too is that you're doing it you know to help people as well like you're not really doing it and I think your guest and everybody else knows as well that you know not to be so you know completely altruistic but at the end of the day you're doing it to empower people and i think you know that's what inspires people to listen and that's what inspires people to actually come on your show and one of the interesting things i found about you is that you know you're involved in the trucking business so i'm just really curious to find out how, how did you get involved with trucking and what led you down that path yeah so one thing I had a revelation, you know, really over the past year and a half about, you know, the, the formula for, for building wealth. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, my original plan for financial freedom was to buy one property a year until I was 28. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I bought one, I bought two, flipped some houses, and I was like, man, this is slow. So I kind of thought, okay, I think that yeah, and just starting to see other, you know, successful people, what they've done, what most people do to become wealthy is that they ultimately, most people start, don't, don't start in real estate. A lot of people don't start in real estate. A lot of people start in other businesses. And what they do is they pretty much take your nine to five money, you use mm-hmm. it to start a business, you take that business money and use that business money for, okay, you take your nine to five money, you use it to start a business, you take your business money, you out earn your nine to five, you leave your nine to five. Then you, you know, 10x that business income with the extra time. Now you can take that money and buy other assets now. That will be long-term assets that you can pass down to the next generation. Yeah. And so originally, like I said, my plan was just real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. Until I realized, okay, you know, I can get much more financial freedom because, you know, real estate cash flow is, you know, you might be making 200 bucks off of a property. So even if I have 50 units, I might be making $10,000 a month, which is good money. I mean, that's great money. It's better than 99% of people. But mm-hmm. like I said, I wanted to live a certain standard of life that I knew is achievable. So I said, okay, if I start a business, I can scale a business a lot faster than I can scale real estate. Yes. Just based on the fact that, you know, real estate is very illiquid. It takes a lot to buy, to get into properties, even if you're not using your own money. It takes more time. And it's just bigger projects overall. With business, that's the thing. The thing about business is that you, 
especially if you have an online business, you can sell to literally anyone, right? Your customer becomes anyone. So with the trucking thing, I saw the cash flow potential in that after I, you know, researched it and saw someone else that was doing it on a, they were, uh, the guy's name was Alex um, Burton. He, he, he was, he was on a podcast I listened to on Earn Your Leisure. He came on there and talked about how he was making, you know, $5,000 a month in, in profit per truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, cool, let me just, you know, see what's about. I took his course, which was very thorough. And, um, you know, one thing about me is I'm a, I'm a, a what you call a self-didact, which is someone that's just, or autodidact, which mm-hmm. is someone that's just, you know, I love learning. Yes. And I love self-educating myself in mm-hmm. terms of like, what's, I want to get as much knowledge as possible. So I took, in 2019 and 2020 was my years to just learn about which business I want to get into. Mm-hmm. And so I just like took every course on every single thing I could get my hands on. Cause that's why, I mean, I'm 20, I was 20, 22, 23, 24 years old. So I was like, this is the time to do it and take a risk. So I took every, I took, I probably spent $10,000 in courses just to, you know, get on, see, expose myself to everything and see what I can, you know, uh, I'm attracted to. Trucking was one of them. And so that's something I got into last year. Um, it was really tough with COVID, actually. I mean, that, you know, I bought that truck literally the month of COVID, you know, hit. Oh, I got no, yeah. Road. And so uh, it, it was it was a tough year. Last year was a tough year, but it's doing a lot better. I mean, that truck now it's made over it's made at least twenty thousand, pretty much twenty thousand dollars a month every single month this year. That's amazing. And so um, you know, it, it's it's been that's been that's been pretty good. And then you know, I I also started the cleaning business too uh, last year, and that has I just hit twenty thousand in sales in in March. Wow, this nice. Year that business, yeah, and that was like. To me, you know, the two businesses that I'm really focusing on scaling that ultimately will allow me to have freedom from the nine to five and then ultimately scale to that $50,000 a month number, which I can then continue to, you know, reinvest back into more real estate. So it becomes a cycle of a a vicious cycle of wealth. As as I grow the business, that money just goes to get put back into real estate because you can only buy so much real estate with a nine to five. And eventually, you know, you got to increase your income and, um, you know, start to out earn that nine to five. So, that I, and my whole thing is look, do it now. Start now while you're young, so that by the time you know I'm in that you know 28, 30 years old, that business will be doing six figures a month um, mm-hmm. because I went through all those learning pains. So that's kind of was my mentality with it. Just being young, I want to you know just take advantage. So that's kind of what my reasoning was for starting the business. I, I I don't care anything about trucks, but you know I it's about being able to <laughs> scale that scale uh, income. Yeah, and another thing you talked about that was very interesting, and um, I sort of resonated with this as well, is the you know the UAW, the AAW, and the prodigious prodigious accumulator of wealth. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, so that was a uh, one of the concepts from one of my favorite books, The Millionaire Next Door. Yes, and so a, a UA. A UAW is essentially someone that is, it, it's called an under-accumulator of wealth, right? Yes, yeah. And so that's essentially someone that, you know, they might be earning a certain amount of income, but the income that they're earning isn't representative of their wealth, or their wealth isn't representative of the income they're earning, right? So, for example, if you have a doctor, let's say you have two doctors, right? Or let's say you have a doctor and a plumber. Mm-hmm. So a doctor might be making, you know, $300,000 a year. And, you know, you might expect them to have a net, based off of that income, you would expect them to have a net worth, you know, well over probably, you know, at least one or two million, just based off of that, you know, high six-figure income. Um, and, you know, so if they, if they don't have, 
a net worth that's like in that kind of range, you would call that a UAW under accumulator of wealth because yeah. they are not accumulating wealth at a rate that they should be, as opposed to, um, and then you have an AAW, which is an average accumulator of wealth, right? Yep. So it's someone that, you know, most people are, most people are UAWs, but, you know, for the most part, there are some people that are AAWs, which is, you know, pretty much you expect, they're, they're you know, if that person's making $50,000 a year, they might have a, you know, $100,000 net worth if they have equity in the house that they own. So it's the AAW, right? And then you might, let's say, have a PAW, which is someone like, let's say, a plumber, right? They might be making, let's say, they're making that $50,000 a year that I mentioned, but they might be, uh, might, their net worth might be well into, you know, $1 million or $2 million, right? And so that is a prodigious accumulator of wealth. They're accumulating wealth really rapidly. And to me, that just goes back to my favorite, the number one concept of personal finance, which is as your income increases, you have to continue to live below your means. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because that difference between what you earn and what you spend is what you can invest. And so the, the more you spend, the less you can invest, right? And conversely, you know, the more you earn, the more you can invest as well if you yeah. keep your consumption down. Mm-hmm. And so a plumber that's earning 50000 but has a million-dollar net worth, I would bet you that they have a very conservative lifestyle, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to that doctor that might be earning 300000 and they have a, you know, $100,000 net worth. They probably have liabilities everywhere. They have, you know, the six, they have the, you know, the, 5,000 square foot house, they got the credit card debt, they got a, you know, Range Rover, and they got all these Mm -hmm. things, which I'm, look, I'm never going to bash anybody for having nice things. My whole thing is, I want you to own the nice things. I don't want the nice things to own you. That's the difference. And so when people, you know, go out of their way to, you know, show that they have a certain amount of wealth or they make a certain amount of money, then that is, like, you're doing that at your own expense. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the whole concept between you know, UAW, AAW, and PAWs. Yeah, and I thought that was such an, uh, an amazing point because, you know, the way that we think about money, I think, is pretty skewed just in terms of the way that we're socialized. And you did speak about this uh, on one of your shows, uh, just about the way in which that we're not, I think your, your co-host actually brought this up as well in terms of, you know, inculcating the education system with these types of concepts where, you know, young people, you know, that are in elementary school and high school school will grow up knowing these different concepts and being able to figure out, okay, to get into the PAW, these are the steps that I need to take rather than, you know, trying to impress my friends with, you know, a lifestyle that essentially I I can't necessarily afford and is actually going to cost me and put me in a very sort of sensitive position. Because if you do lose, for example, that you know, that dream job or that dream opportunity, then you're sort of scrambling for sort of the next steps that you're going to take. Um, And so one of the things that I was looking at and uh, I thought was very interesting is your breakdown of, you know, the way that different people are are using their finances. And one of the things I actually was sort of laughing and I thought was pretty funny was the intrigometer that you you created for for your show. Um, (laughs) That's a very very interesting thing, yeah. Um, So, uh, who came up with that? Because that's actually a pretty funny thing when I when I was watching it. Yeah, that was just uh, something I. (laughs) So you know, I always one thing I try to do with my content is make it. I like to call it edutainment. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, educational, but at the same time entertaining. Yeah. Just because I know, you know, who my audience is and, you know, they got to, I got to entertain as well. <laughs> so it's kind of like something that I just, you know, made up. I actually filmed that video yesterday and I edited it today and I released oh, it today. Wow, okay. So it was just uh, something I just kind of came up with on the fly because uh, the, the video, for those that are listening but don't know, it's like the video I was reacting to was a, it was a millennial money in which they pretty much analyze people's finances. Yes. And, you know, it's very, I like to watch those because it's like, I, I think just based off of, you know, being a content creator and what I do, it's good to take a lot of the things I talk about on the podcast and on the other videos and to w- put it into application and show people, this is what I mean when I say, you know, live below your means or mm-hmm. comfortability versus profitability and yes. those kind of things. It's like, you know, this is what it means. This is what it looks like to, you know, to be in a consumption lifestyle or spend too much. So with that particular one, you know, it was a, it was a lady that I was, you know, and she was like 25 years old and she was a cute girl. So it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> I was just, the more she would talk about how, you know, oh, she's uh, investing 7,000 a month. She's, oh, I'm into, I want to retire early. And then she said, oh, I want to buy real estate. I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I got more and more intrigued <laughs> as she, she kind of went on in terms yeah. of like, oh, I want to, you know, let me, let me, let me see who, who this girl. Maybe I need to uh, look into her and see who, <laughs> what she's about. So. Yeah. It's just a little fun little video. Yeah, yeah that's really really cool. Um, so, I'm yeah. what are your thoughts? Because you, you spoke to this as well on your your show and on YouTube, but I just wanted to get sort of what your further thoughts were on the and you know the future of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, um, just in terms of where it's valued right now, and in terms of what you think the future will unfold. You know, in the next ten to fifteen years. Yeah. So when I'm 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 bullish heavy yeah. on Bitcoin. Yeah. Right now. So, <laughs> you know in, in that video that he's referring to i so i was i just recently you know invested about ten thousand dollars into bitcoin because i think it's fairly undervalued right now and just based on the simple fact of supply and i don't i'm not into all the other cryptocurrencies just as a caveat as a disclaimer i don't mm-hmm. i i just invest in what i know and i haven't studied the other ones enough but i've studied bitcoin very very many hours mm-hmm. and so just uh, the the one thing that it boils down to is the simple fact of the government is the federal government, the U.S. Treasury, and you know the Fed. They are printing so much money right now over the last uh, year or so that it's devaluing the dollar so so much. So you know you got to put your dollars into something else because your dollars becoming worthless while you know asset prices are rising. And we've seen the stock market, you know, hit all time highs last year and even this year. This year too. Yeah. Cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. you know, all these things are hitting all time highs. People think, oh my gosh, every, the market's amazing. It's manipulated. That's the thing. The the Fed is printing and pumping so much money that they're devaluing all the dollars. So if you're devaluing dollars, asset prices have to rise because now these assets are going to take more dollars to buy mm-hmm. because the dollars are devalued. So it's not the fact that the assets actually are improving. It's the fact that the dollar has become worth less. Yeah. So, you know, you got to understand that and put your money into other assets. So cryptocurrency right now is something that is really attractive just based Bitcoin specifically just based on the fact that it is very deflationary in nature because it is a cap supply. Yes, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and so when you look at the Fed and our monetary policy in the U.S. right now and in many countries, it's pretty much, you know, you control it with two things. You either quantitative easing, which is when you print money, or you control interest rates. That's how you can control the money and the money supply. 
but with Bitcoin, it is a it's very programmatic and it's fixed. The supply is fixed, so there's only going to be 21 million put into circulation mm-hmm. by the time by the year 2040, all Bitcoin will have been mined, and so. That simple fact alone means that the value can only go up, even if the demand stayed constant. Demand doesn't even have to rise anymore, but the simple fact that it's becoming more scarce is going to make it worth more. And so as the dollar gets devalued, I don't. I, I tell people, look, stop saving money. Savers are losers. Put your money, besides <laughs> your emergency fund, yeah. put your money into cryptocurrency stocks real estate that's it because you're losing so you're you're getting poor that's why i said a poor get poor and the rich get richer because the rich don't own any cash they don't hold cash Mm -hmm. they have all their money assets you know in in assets exactly while the poor all they have is cash they Mm -hmm. live paycheck to paycheck they don't have assets so if they have anything it's going to be cash right Mm -hmm. so that's that simple fact alone is, is is very critical and i think a majority of the people obviously the bottom 55, 60% of the U- America doesn't really realize that simple fact that the dollars are losing value. So they're all getting poor as the government prints more money. So, you know, if you're not holding any assets, you're not going to, it's not going to be looking good for you in about a decade or so because minimum wage is not rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, cost of living is definitely not yeah. uh going down so things are becoming more expensive and if you only have cash and you have no assets you're going to feel those effects in the future so that's why i'm a bit i'm heavy on bitcoin simply because of the fact that it's a limited supply and no matter what the monetary policy is that it is has to def- become deflationary because more of it cannot be made like the u.s dollar right now where they're making infinite amounts mm-hmm. so it can't be manipulated um, right. Yeah. So you said something interesting in terms of the vast majority of people not particularly having this knowledge. And so I'm just curious to find out if you could have any mentor, you know, either, you know, dead or alive, just in terms of developing you further in, in different aspects of your life. Who would you want that person to be? Mm, that's a good question. Mentor. I would honestly probably say I had mentioned this earlier briefly, but I would probably say Kobe Bryant. Yes. OK. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just based on the fact of mindset, man. Yeah, like I think I'll, I'm able to take if 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 I have the right mindset, I can do anything in it. I, I can, you know, be able to do anything I need to in business in investing if I have the right mindset. So in terms of a mentor, I would want a mindset mentor in that mm-hmm. aspect, like you know, always making sure I'm thinking you know the right way and always having the right perspective and things because then. Well, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I do real estate. It doesn't matter if I do trucking. It doesn't matter if I do cryptocurrency. It doesn't matter if I do the cleaning business. I'm going to do it successfully So, um, because I have the right mindset. So that, that that's probably would be my number one choice if I had to pick. Yeah, it's interesting because I think one of the things that I really appreciated about Kobe as well is, is his mindset, but also his, his strong belief in his ability to figure things out. And one of my yeah. favorite videos actually is when he's talking about failure and he just, he kind of shrugs his shoulder and says, there's no such thing. It's just a phantom of, a figment of your imagination yeah. because failure is only when you ultimately quit. But if I know, you you know, you sort of figure out these different pieces and, uh, you know, he, in another video, he's talking about how you know, he was just going up against Allen Iverson and he just said, you know, that was just another problem that I needed to figure out. And so he breaks things down into all these manageable steps. Okay, I'm not shooting right. What do I have to do? Okay, great. He's getting me off the post. What do I have to do here? So I really appreciate that because there's no 
there's nothing impossible that you can achieve if you come yeah. with that type of mindset. If you're just saying to yourself, this is just a problem. I know I can figure it out. Let me break it down to its most atomized form. And then from that respect, I'll be able to improve and, and move forward. Um, exactly. And so with that, as, as a closing question, I just want to ask you, what would you like your legacy to be? Mm, my legacy. So to me, I want to be definitely known as someone that added so much value to people's lives, right? Yes, In yes. terms of helping them realize that they can do anything that they want in life, right? And just be, just leading by example in that way, right? Because one thing about me is that I, I feel like I've, I've, I've never really been like, I mean, I'm pretty vocal, but I always wanted to lead by example. And so mm-hmm. I... I always say it's like, look, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you that this can be done. I'm gonna prove to you that anything you want to do, anything you want to achieve, it can be done. Yes. And you don't have to come from any sort of amazing situation. I came from a very modest situation that most, a lot, a lot of people have come from, and mm-hmm. I want to be able to just show people that in that way. That look, that's why I'm, that's why I like to put stuff out there and show people the things I'm doing. Cause it's like, look, it doesn't matter your age. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter you're, that you're black. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that you're whatever color, that you're whatever race, that you're whatever ethnicity. It doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. I don't let those things stop. I don't even think about those things, frankly. Even in the midst of the things that were happening last year in terms of the social injustices, mm-hmm. I never once let that you know affect me in the sense of, oh, man, man, it makes it so hard to do this or do this or do this. I want to show everybody, like, look, it doesn't matter. Yes. You do whatever you want in this world because there's just so much opportunity right now. We live in an era where there's no excuses. Like, there's just so much access to information. So that's really what I want my legacy to be in terms of, like, showing people, like, look, this is, you can, you can, you can, you can accomplish anything if you just literally approach it with the right mindset and the right mentality and the right work ethic. Because that's, like I said from the beginning, my foundation has always been my work ethic. So, mm-hmm. um, that's probably what I would want my legacy to be in that in that aspect of uh, in terms of what am I known for in that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's such a, a great way to, to end the, the show. So, Alex, once again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. We're going to link all your information in the show notes. And, um, yeah, I just want to continue to wish you more success, you know, more knowledge, more uh, sort of opportunities in which you're giving back to the community. Uh, you're doing so already, but uh, definitely we wish you more, uh, you know, more prosperity in the future. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for bringing me on here. I appreciate it. And definitely, you know, I wish a lot of success on you, too. Please continue to have these conversations with people because these are very important conversations. And, you know, this is a great way to spread it. So I appreciate you bringing me on here, man. Yeah, thanks so much. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for joining us once again on Diversity and Inclusion. Special, special shout out goes out to our special guest, Alex Camuno. You can follow him on IG at I-K-A-M-U-N-Y-O. And all of his other information I will include in the show notes. Uh, we'll see you once again. Again, if you do have any suggestions in terms of the guests you want us to reach out to, we're more than happy to do that. Leave us notes, send us messages, and don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast. 
Remember, these are our stories. We'll see you next time.